As the saying goes, there's nothing quite like the feel of a, a suit tailored to a person. And for watches, a leather watch strap is in the similar vein, but just like anything that is tailored or bespoke, it can come at a great cost. And that was a problem our next guest was trying to address. To him, everyone deserves and should be able to afford an original custom leather watch strap. His name is Eric. He goes by the handle EA8 or EA Leather Goods on Instagram. He is a craftsman of leather and a friend of ours in the watch fam. You've tuned into the Bellingham podcast miniseries, The Watch Fam, brought to you by The Analog Explorer. Read about my analog manifesto through my photography and my passions of travel and watches in print or now as a digital magazine at theanalogexplorer.com. Now, beyond Eric's alter ego of EA8, he is also an unapologetic Seiko fanboy. And it's interesting because he also tinkers. He's a modder. He likes to modify Seiko watches and make them just as custom or maybe even bespoke as the very leather watch straps that he creates for other people in the watch fam. But it's funny, he came into watch collecting and leather craft from two separate paths. Like so many of us, he remembers his father's watch, and there's a story there that brought him into watch collecting. But it was his pursuit to make a better wallet, or, well, save money on making a wallet, that really drew him into Leathercraft. And when those two separate live paths joined, it opened up the opportunity for him to get his alter ego of EA8. And in that alter ego, we're able to work with him just like a tailor, having a custom watch strap created for any of us that's uniquely ours, and reflects our personality or even our alter egos with our watches. But more importantly, we have something crafted for us and we know exactly where it came from and who made it. But still, why watches? Rumor has it you do leather work, right? Yeah, that, that's what I've been hearing, that I, uh, I my alter ego, uh, EA Leather Goods. Yeah, I do leather, leather stuffs. So, so how long have you been doing that for? Well, watch straps recently, maybe uh, last two years, I've been... Uh, honing my skills in that. Leather goods in general started around 2012 when, uh, as all guys have, the wallet that just is in tatters, uh, won't hold anything anymore. It's probably <laughs> overstuffed with stuff we don't need because uh, that's where you collect all your receipts and cards and all that stuff. And it died. It no longer would hold anything. So being a, um, getting kind of into the EDC thing, I saw a lot of minimalist wallets online and I saw what they were made of, and I'm like, that's that's not a lot to that wallet. I think I could make a wallet. And uh, that's kind of how I went down the rabbit hole with leather goods. I, uh, I had an ice pick, a utility knife, an old cutting board, some thread that I picked up from a sewing store. I think it was Joanne's Fabric. Yeah, yeah. And then and a pack of uh, uh, random needles that they, they you get all sizes, and I just kind of tried to mimic what I saw with some pleather that I picked up a yard of. I think the whole kit cost me like 15 bucks. <laughs> That's how I, I drew it out. I designed it and I drew it out and it was terrible. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't hold money. It was too small to fit credit cards. <laughs> oh, so, so off to the, uh, the inner internet I went since then, I, you know, I never had any, never interned at a leather shop which would be pretty awesome don't know any other guys that do leather i just kind of started raw and saw what i could find on the internet and uh, got some ideas and sucked it up and ordered some good leather and 
there it is. You know, I started with uh, wallets, then I went to holsters, firearms, uh, field notebooks, and then um, I got a different position at the job I have, and I needed to dress a little bit nicer. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I like watches. I've, I, for some reason, I've always loved watches. And so I'm like, I think I can make like a, like a leather strap. That would be kind of cool. And I made a terrible leather NATO strap. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was awful, but I loved it because I made it and I didn't know anybody else that had anything like that. Cause I didn't know anything about watch straps. So, um, then I kind of started searching that and here I am now with uh, a bunch of orders that I don't feel I turn out fast enough, but that's kind of the nature of the thing. I, I do this part-time, you know, in my basement, my workshop, um, when I can sneak a couple hours in and on my days off, which I rarely have. Well, dude, Chris and I are big fans. And here's the cool thing about, about you. And this is where I was uh, starting off with is like, I, I gravitated towards uh, your, your Instagram account because uh, I was building a watch for my son way long ago. And you, you left like one of the nicest comments. You were just like, dude, just hang in there, man. Like, you're, you'll figure it out. Hang in there and stuff. I was like, who is this guy? So I, I looked it up. And what drew me to your account was every so often, whenever you're working in your shop, you like live stream like this is how I'm doing stuff. And this is what I'm working on. Like, so theoretically, somebody who puts in an order with you literally could watch you as the artisan make what they ordered, right? Exactly. Yeah. My idea for this when Kaz from Tubo Watch Snobs and I had a couple of conversations with uh, Terry from Toxic Tornadoes, they're like, just start doing it, you know, and a couple other guys in this, uh, the watch fam. Yeah. If you're making them, man, people like what you have, start selling them. I wanted to keep the prices down and I wanted to make leather straps specifically for what the customer had their idea for. So the process is you contact me and then we'll go back and forth over emails, mostly um, Instagram messages, and we'll nail down exactly what you're looking for in a watch strap specific to your wrist size, what stitching, uh, what style. If I can source the leather that you have in mind, I'll, I'll go out and get it. You know, I have, I have a ton of leather on hand. Stitching color, you know, what color, uh, what what kind of buckle you want. Because with watches, you know that we form this kind of, you know, emotional Thing with watches and when you can when you have a watch that you love because of various reasons you put memories into it the last step there is you know co completely make it yours and get a watch strap that you help create you know i i make it but really the customer is the one that came up with the idea you know and that's what they wanted for that watch or multiple watches uh, so i've dabbled into to leather working like i've got i've, I've shot you some of my <laughs> I I work hard for my failed attempts. I'd like to let you know, but you know, like hey, I, yeah, like I've I try like, and I was kind of in the same vein where I had a little bit of exposure growing up because my family was into horses growing up, so dealt around with with tack. You know, you gotta you gotta fix it up every so often. Like that was I I knew my way around a leather hole punch. That was about as good as I was. Yeah, much like yourself. Like I I needed a a leather NATO because honestly it was more financial than anything else like i i don't have a lot of money for hodinky straps but sure, you yeah. know you know they're they're good quality and stuff but i thought to myself you know self i i know my way around a hole punch you know i can cut something out and you know i was building the the pnw001 and i was like gosh that that's really my personality i want that folded into my watch you know la 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 and you know i worked hard for my <laughs> my rough attempt at a strap but you know what like it, there is there, there's something romantic or or something 
just I don't know that that brings the the whole whole wrist presence of a of a of a watch with a really solid, uh, trusty and comfortable strap. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, even even I mean, I mess up constantly. I have I have shoe boxes full of straps that that didn't make it because for some reason or another uh, something wasn't working out. But um, even the even the ugly ones, even my prototypes, I I still wear them because you know what I, I made that strap. That's my strap. Yeah, you know so. And, and a lot like watches, you you know, buy, collect what you want, wear what you like, and who cares what anybody thinks? You know, ugly strap or not. I mean, if somebody has like pink bun straps with uh, alligator print, that's cool. I mean, if you want to wear that, that's that's on you. That's I got nothing to say about that. I, you know what? I'll make one for you also. I was going to say, have you, have you made one? <laughs> not that, but I am in the process of working with somebody um, to make a bun strap for a watch oh, that's cool. special to her. So um, it's it's nothing I would wear, but yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm really excited about making this piece because it's something that I haven't made before. So that that's where I kind of get the excitement from that and giving somebody exactly what they wanted. Oh man, that that is killer and and cool on her for like going going full custom like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a really tiny watch. I think it's like 34 uh, millimeters across, hmm. uh, early 1900s. Um, oh, wow, it, it's cool. And she's a horse person also, like, like you said that how you kind of roots come from. So I'm using something more along the lines of a, a, a reins type uh, color, like a more of a honey color, you know, but it's made out of the, um, a good st- sturdy strap material. So oh, cool. It'll be pretty neat. We'll, we'll see how it turns out. Hopefully she likes it. Yeah, I can't wait to to see you working on it on, on your Instagram feed. Dude, that sounds cool. So I got to ask you, you know, from one watch aficionado to another, and I know it's a hard question and I know it's going to be a long answer. So why watches? It started for me, my, uh, my dad, who was an iron worker. Um, I grew up uh, West Coast. So uh, he was a ship fitter, iron worker. And he always had these beat up Casio, like the digital Casios. And it was full of uh, metal pieces that are stuck to the face, stuff like that. And I, you know, growing up, you, you, you see your father and you want to be like that. So I eventually, when I was about six or seven, talked him into buying me an old uh, retro, I guess retro now, Casio, like the, I forget which uh, model it was, a DW something. And it, it started there. And from that, um, going up in the 80s and 90s, it went to swatches, with all the really cool pink and purple and lime green colors. Yeah, swatches were really the Pokemon of our era, man. You got to collect them all, right? You you, you had to have a lot of swatches and, and jam shorts and uh, really bright colors. and. <laughs> pink grip tape on your skateboard <laughs> and then on, on the flip side of that james bond i watched every single james bond i could get a hold of when i was younger and then from that you know it was uh, it was omega and then i saw my first speedmaster and that was it <laughs> you know, that's that's I, I went from there and then um i got older and got a little bit more financially stable and uh here i am with watches now i gotta know who's your favorite bond uh very first one sean connery yeah uh, sean connery yeah yeah i okay. mean because those those are the best those those old ones i mean they're so culturally insensitive now <laughs> it, <it's laughs> just, yeah uh, but uh yeah he was the he was the original james bond and yeah um, yeah and I, I really dig the new ones too um you know so for, for different reasons just because coming from an art background the the cinematography that goes into some of them. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty great. So no, totally, totally. I, I love Dr. No. I love the, I love the tune, the three blind mice tune in the beginning. Yep, of in the no. beginning when they're just, they're cruising through the streets there and then they shoot that guy up in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well there, there is that. Uh, <laughs> if uh, Connery is your favorite bond is uh, Connery's uh, sub your favorite bond watch. It isn't. Um, I, I, I like Rolex uh, as much as the next guy. But I, I don't really get into the whole Rolex sub, Submariner thing. Um, my my favorite watch is uh, um, the Seamaster. That mm-hmm. um, that what's his name on the last one uh, wore. That that's a great looking watch. I've uh, seen it in person. It, it's it's really you know it's just plain, but it, it's got everything you need in it. So yeah, the are you talking about the Daniel Craig? The, the yeah, Spectre? the Daniel Craig. Yeah, the Spectre yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that one's cool. That, that, that one also has a twelve hour bezel, doesn't it? Uh, I believe so. I'm not gonna, not gonna say it does, but I, I think so. Yeah. 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 No, that's a killer piece. So uh, between leather and between uh, an affinity for James Bond, where else? Uh, how how else did watches kind of craft you to where you're at now? I mean, are you are you rocking a Speedmaster on your wrist right now with an EA8 strap? No, uh, <laughs> I'm not making that much in straps. I am an unapologetic Seiko fanboy. I. Uh, I really, really love Seiko. I have a lot of them, uh, 17. And uh, I... <laughs> Small <laughs> um, collection. Yeah, you know, and a lot of SKXs. Uh, there's a lot of different versions of SKX out there and um, 47. But, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I have four. Yeah, that's that's it. I'm wearing a turtle right now um, on an EA leather good strap that that is completely unfinished and not backed because usually I back my uh, straps with a with a vegetable tan, a nice natural color veg tan that'll patina over time. But for myself, I just I don't do that. You know, I don't finish the sides. I kind of um, stitch them together and punch two holes in it, depending on how my wrist is going to swell. And then uh, there it is. Cool. You know, it, yeah, it takes me uh, 45 minutes to make a strap for myself and about seven hours to make a strap for somebody else. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, an artisanal strap right there. That That is awesome, dude. Yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, and that's a lot of the reason I do those videos because I want people to see what they're buying. I keep my prices low. I don't, I mean, I'm not making any money really. I'm doing it because um, I think there needs to be, there needs to be somebody out there that's, doing it because i mean i think everybody should have a, a good custom strap and not have to spend 200 165 on something and they never get to meet the person that makes it they never get a conversation with them you can't call that person up and say hey this stitch busted you know mm-hmm. with with my straps you're paying what 65 right now for my straps and um you have a problem with your strap send it back you know keep it i'll make you another one I've done that a couple of times because something went wrong because that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be with a lot of things, you know, buy locally, support smaller businesses, get to know who you're dealing with. You know, it, it just makes, it seems to me that we're missing a lot of that now with social media and the internet, it's bringing people too far into their cells and they're not communicating with each other anymore. Oh, that, yeah. Well, that's what Chris and I usually hit on on the show uh, pretty routinely. I mean, we're big in, in, in supporting local and supporting artisans, creating stuff, you know, handcrafted, sourced in America, made in America. I mean, uh, that, yeah, that has been lacking for quite some time. Yeah, I think it is. I think uh, we need to get out and meet our neighbors more. I mean, I, I lived in cities a long time and, you know, it, it, 
every neighborhood, every block, it's its own little, little town, little neighborhood, you know, and, and with a lot of us living in big urban environments, we, you, you gotta look out for each other and you gotta know who you're living with and living around. And it's nice to know who, where the food came from or where, you know, where the seamstress is at or where, who can fix my shoes, you know, or the, the mechanic down the street actually that's kind of a good analogy like we need to know our neighbor and that's that's kind of how this this mini series kind of developed is you know with the watch fam you know we're we're all one big family in this community of of watchville as it were and kind of getting out and knowing your neighbors and stuff and that's again that, that's kind of how i i found out about you is you know you kind of reached out and left some nice words when i was at probably my most breaking point with that ding dong watch it, it was uh, the keyless you had a keyless issue yeah. on uh to, 20, which edit do you have in there? It's a Salida. It's a Salida oh. SW200. Still, it's a keyless yeah. issue. And keyless yeah. issues are the bane of my uh, tinkering existence. Um, oh, I still I still have nightmares of that thing. But yeah, that leads me into my, my next point is like you, you're also a, a, a modern tinkerer yourself. Like uh, what do you do with uh, the, the building and deconstructing and modding of watches? Mm. That mostly started because I can't leave well enough alone. I had a, I had a Hamilton. It had some. Uh, it was a field khaki. It had a twenty-eight thirty-six two in it because that's the right movement you want to start messing around with uh, from right. the start out. Um, and there was a <laughs> there was a speck of dust on the inside of the. I could see it. Nobody else could. I take a lot of um, micro shots, and there it was, big as a rock. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I I can do this. I I can take a stem off. I've I've replaced crystals before. So I pulled the stem out, pulled the movement out, got it, got it all cleaned up, put it back in there, jammed the crown back in there, and the crown would not stay inside. Oh, um, no. Because the keyless had fall, fallen apart. Right. It, there's little gears. They, they fell. So I'm like, well, I can go through the backside, not knowing you have to go through the front side on that movement. So I got on the watch family, and I'm like, hey, I've got this issue. And so many people, like, this is what you need to do. These are the parts you need. Uh, one guy who ended up becoming a really good friend of mine um, is goes by the name of wrist mass, uh, Mark, who also makes great straps, by the way, um, said, hey, I've got that part. I'll send it to you. And that's that's kind of what I love about the, the watch fam. You know, for the most part, everybody's really positive. Everybody's really supportive. Yeah. So I got into tinkering and modding with that. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's start doing that with a couple of SKXs. So, you know, I uh, pulled out the guts on SKS. It has that 7S movement in there. And I put a 4R or the NH36, mm -hmm. just a generic one. Stuck that in there and did a couple bezel changes. Kind of just went from there. I mean, if you, you got to go into it knowing I might mess this up and I yeah. might need to buy a different watch. <laughs> so <laughs> if you keep that in mind, and take pictures of everything you're doing. One screw out, take a picture. Another screw out, take a picture. You, you can kind of keep it on track. And then there's a ton of people out there that are willing to help you. I mean, there's forums, there's other watchmakers, other other modders out there, and everybody's really open yeah. um, with with being helpful. That's kind of how I got into that, just because I couldn't leave one speck of dust alone. I know it's it's funny what when you talk to somebody who's into watches, it's it's funny the littlest things that just are like little needles in the back of our brain that we know are there and yet everybody else is totally oblivious to it. They're just like, "Ah, whatever, nice watch." But to us it's like, "Can you not see?" Yeah, you, you not see that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I can I can beat up an SKX and destroy the crystal and there's scrapes on it and the bezel's all faded. 
you know, and the, and the watch looks like they've been opening bottles with it. But if there's one tiny bit of dust on that dial, it'll freak me out. So, <laughs> and that's the other funny thing is, is that we all have different uh, ticks when it comes to it. Like some people, like how uh, some people are, are like, how can you change the bezel out? And it's like, oh, why not? Yeah. Pop the thing off with a, with a, not a screwdriver or probably a butter knife would be better. And um, yeah, you just, yeah, you got to go into it thinking, you know what, it, it might break, but I'm going to learn something. You know, you learn, you learn from breaking stuff. I've broken enough stuff. So, so and uh, if I recall on your Instagram, you recently just got done doing a build on an SKX, what, one, 173? Yeah, uh, the 173, it's just like the 007, except it has rectangular markers. And uh, I guess they call it a meatball secondhand. It's got the... Unlike the SKX that has the round part at the bottom of the second hand, on the long part of the second hand, it has the, the little round um, luminous dot. And there's a difference at the 12 o'clock marker. But yeah, I just modded that. I put a um, stainless steel Yoboki's 12-hour bezel on it and uh, ripped the guts out and put the NH movement in there and a new crown. I might do a new crystal. I'm not sure. I kind of like banged up crystals. It kind of shows a little little use uh, i just got done doing a, a rebuild on an skx uh, 031 and uh that was a that was a labor of love just trying to get the parts for it but uh man i've i have fallen in love with the nh36 i think that movement is i mean there's nothing wrong with a 7s26 but just you know the nh36 just feels like it's a grown-up version of it it's just it's great it is and there's there's theories out there that the um that movement's gonna gonna replace the uh, the 7s movement. Yeah, you know, you're seeing now in the the Seiko five sports lines. They're putting that uh, that NH uh, 36 movement in at a few of them. Hopefully, I mean that'd be really neat. It would uh, stop me from having to buy uh, the movements online all the time and switch them out with my SKXs. But uh, we'll see. I think Seiko's. You know, they're they're shifting. Um, they're shifting gears. They're you know they're putting. There, it's like all the movements are taking a step up. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be pretty neat to see what, what comes out in the next year, especially with Basel coming around the corner. Um, not like Seiko cares. They kind of just make watches and put them out there and don't really tell anybody about it. And then all of a sudden you see them and you're like, where'd this come from? And Seiko just kind of giggles and goes back to work. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. But I mean, they, they've had great strides. I mean, they spun off Grand Seiko. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, much, you're much like myself. Like I, I unapologetically love Seiko and kind of feel like they don't, in some circles, they don't get the respect that they duly deserve. Um, what do you forecast in the next, like, you know, 10 years for the, the big S? Do you feel like uh, Seiko is going to, there's some people that have conspiracy theories that they're going to go totally up market and kind of um, jip the, the enthusiast. I mean, wh- what do you feel? You know, I, I think that they, they're on this thing now, like, um, you know, recently we've seen the leaks of the, um, the new one coming out that's probably going to be out of Basel, the uh, Captain Willard Apocalypse Now, uh, 7105, or 6105. And just like last year, they did the same thing. It's probably going to run a couple thousand dollars, but then they're going to do a prospects line of it that's going to run under under a thousand. You know, that'll, that won't be completely the same as the the Willard watch, but it'll be uh, same enough. They're, they're probably going to do that for a while. Uh, reissue. It's it's easy for a lot of companies to reissue, but unlike uh, a lot of companies, Seiko does the almost one for one reissue, and then they will do the sub one K 
version of it. Yeah, um, the modern, so the, modern reinterpretation. Yeah, so if you can't afford, you know, $3,000 for the really, really nice one, um, you can go a little bit down market and spend less. And then when it hits gray market, it'll be around, you know, four or five. Yeah, mortal pricing. Yeah, you know, uh, regular guys. Even though, man, that's still, that's still. I mean, you're talking to a guy that decided he wanted to make a wallet for himself because he didn't want to spend 85 on two pieces of leather. That's yeah, still, still a lot of, yeah, it's still a lot of money, um, you know, four or $500. You know, um, not in the grand scheme of things. I think we get jaded when we get into the watch, the watch fam, when we see, you know, seven, eight, nine thousand dollar mid-level watches from some of these uh, Swiss companies. But then we turn around, and we see a three thousand dollar Seiko and we're like, oh, I'm not going to spend three thousand dollars for a Seiko. Yeah, that's, that's the part that drives, drives me it, nuts. It, it just doesn't make sense how you justify spending five K for a Swiss watch but you'll balk at a $3,000 uh, Japanese watch that has, you know, just as much technical value. The finishing is, is great on that line. You know, it, it, it's kind of weird and it shouldn't be that way, but it is. And it probably always will be. So. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel like, you know, the, especially the SKXs, man, that, I mean, they were ISO, most of them were ISO certified and, and rated, uh, you know, kind of putting that on its head, like looking, Looking at the past, like obviously Rolex and, and the Submariner and even Blancpain and all of the, the predecessors to it, even the, the Submariner, you know, watches were a tool. And do you feel like in this digital age, like the watch is uh, a tool or are we kind of in the watch fam just kind of, you know, uh, all kind of tooting our own horns of like, ah, it's the greatest thing. Like, what do you, where do you feel watches really have a place in, in today's uh, culture and society? I'd like to say that watches were uh, necessary now. Obviously, they're not. Everybody has a cell phone. I mean, they give cell phones away on street corners now. So you, you're always <laughs> gonna you're always gonna know what time it is. But you know, I, I use a watch every day. I don't. I try. I try to keep my cell phone out of my hand as much as possible. Uh, if I need to know the time, I need to know it right now. I don't want to fish around in my pocket. I want to look at my wrist and then go on with my life. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where watches are going. I, they'll always be there. For years, everybody's saying there needs to be a market correction with prices. That's not going to happen because they're priced at what people will spend. And that's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. You know, a Rolex is $8,000 for a Submariner because people are going to spend $8,000 for it. You know, um, just like an SKX is uh, $220 and people will buy it every single time. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't see it as a status symbol because where I work, not many people wear automatic watches it's all g-shocks and the apple watch and i mean that's cool you know if that's what you like that's what you like yeah so i don't i don't know i don't know how to answer that question um i'm always gonna like watches my my kids are getting into watches oh cool you know my um my watch obsession is rubbing off on a couple guys that i work with you know they're getting into watches maybe uh, hopefully i'm patient zero (laughs) <laughs> at my work and it, we all become watch fanatics but uh watches are watches you, you don't necessarily need them but man they're super cool i'm always gonna like them how many how many watches do you have in your collection 36 or 7 wow and yeah. are are they are they all getting wrist time or are you uh somebody who like sees a, a piece as a, an investment no you don't you don't invest in watches i buy watches because i think they're cool most of that it sounds like a lot of watches but um 
I have been really lucky on finding older Seikos. I have a, I have a lot. I've, like I said, I have 17 Seiko watches, and most of them are from 70s, 80s, before people got really crazy into finding like the 6110 or 6119s. Um, you could pick them up for 10 bucks. Yeah. No problem on eBay. And sometimes you get a dud. Yeah. And that just means you got to go find parts. And that's kind of the fun of the game. I mostly Seikos, uh, a lot of, I've been thinking the last couple of years to pay more attention to the, to the smaller guys. Um, I don't like the word micro brands because I've talked to a couple guys that own these, these companies. And, um, in particular, notice watches. Uh, those are two really cool dudes, and they really like what they're doing, and they're doing it because that's their passion. So that's not a micro brand. That's that's just two guys that started a company, and they make small runs of watches. But I don't know, micro brand, maybe boutique, or maybe it's just two guys that like to make watches and are selling them to people for a good price, and they're quality quality watches. You know, so I've been paying attention to those. Yeah. Um, those guys, Orion watches. I have one of his, Nick's great watch. Solid. Yeah, Nick's Nick. a good dude. Um, a lot of his, uh, his beginnings in modding. I watched those videos and read those posts on his blog to kind of get me over the hump. Yeah. Same here. I think a lot of, a lot of guys that do that Seiko, uh, found their way to his blog. Now he's back over in, uh, Philadelphia doing the Orion thing and, uh, good on him. Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of watches, but they're, I wear them all. Some I don't wear as much as others. I'll go to work. I'll, I'll put on a watch when I go to work. I'll come home. Chances are I'm throwing an SKX on my wrist because it's my favorite watch. The To kind of close it out, I kind of wanted to hit you because you do have a, a, a larger collection. Um, I mean, by no means mm-hmm. is it small. By no means is it large. Yeah. I mean, it's not John Mayer large. I mean, do you have a specific piece or a couple of pieces in, uh, that like if, if everything were to uh if you if because you were patient zero let's say mm-hmm. everybody got zombified right you you don't turn into a zombie let's say you you had to let go of all all but one or all but two pieces like is is there is there a watch in particular that like you, you will take to the grave as it were that has like so much sentimental value there are three there's my xkx that i've had forever it's been through multiple hikes colorado went hiking with it um locally where i live there are great nature trails everywhere mountain biking i go mountain biking with it all the time and then both my grandfather's watches i have my um one of my grandfathers worked for ag edwards for 30 years i got his retirement watch when he passed and then my um other grandfather who was very practical very humble guy needed a watch that told the time that he didn't have to whine or change batteries for so he had a uh, solar seiko and I got that. And I don't wear either of them because I break everything I touch. So they stay in a watch box right next to each other. And I look at them. <laughs> and I'll put them on every once in a while, but I, I won't wear them out. But um, the house is on fire and the zombies are attacking. I'm grabbing those three watches. Might grab the kids and the wife on the way out too. But, but, <laughs> but definitely my three dogs were getting in the truck and we're getting out. So, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. The washes, the kid and the wife, yeah. and then the dogs. Yeah. Got and it. And then the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> In that order. Well, if, if somebody wanted to check out all of your um, awesome EA8 awesomeness. So you hit me up on Instagram, uh, EA8 or uh, at EA Leather Goods. I do my best to respond um, as fast as I can. 
but uh like i said i got a full-time job and then i do this on the side so uh thanks so much for being on the show Dude, I appreciate it. I, I love your podcast. That wraps up uh, this special edition of the Bellingham awesome. Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM, Low Power. Community radio here in the heart of the city by the Salish Sea. And also remember that this mini-series is brought to you by The Analog Explorer. Find out more about my analog manifesto through my photography, my love of travel, and of course, my tick for watches. You can read about it in a digital magazine or in print at theanalogexplorer.com. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I'm AJ Barsay, and we will see you next week.